0: May 24th, 2022, in Massechit Sanhedrin and Daff'ain Amud Alif, 17 lines from the bottom, in the middle of the line. This morning's class is, and the entire week of classes are de- donated in memory of Albert Beiro Sheheber, Abraham Ben Mazal. So the Gemara continuing in this conversation of Derashot with regards to the proper understanding of wine. Of course we got to this conversation because we're talking about Ben Sore More, but we're a little bit more expansive in general now, talking about wine in the lives of each of us. What's the proper interpretation of this Pasuk in Sefer Mishle? El pasuk says Lemi Oi, Lemi Avoy, Lemi Middanim or midyanim, Lemi Lemi uh, so, uh, let me excuse me. Let me hach lelut enaim or hach lelut enaim. It's says, uh, in almost a uh, rhetorical fashion. Who's got the oy and va'avoy? Uh, who has the uh, woe is to me? Of course, oy and oy va'avoy is a way, even in the time of Mishlei, of expressing sorrow. Who else has midanim? Who else has fights? has quarrels with others. L'mi siach, Rashi interprets siach in this context as sa'al, who has pain, who has difficulties. L'mi pitzaim, who's been struck by others, has wounds as a result of that. Hinam, for no good reason. L'mi hachlilut enayim, who has the red eyes. So what's the answer to all these? The next pasuk says, Lam aharim al hayayin, l'ba'im lachkor well, first, just to understand the words in the Pasuk, and then the of the Chachamim. Le'acher means to be late. Yayin, of course, is wine. La'ba'im l'achkor, l'achkor means to look into. And mimsach is going to be understood as something that smells good. Also, well, let's read the Derashah here in the Gemara. It says the Gemara, maitikhtiv. what's the meaning of this Pasuk? L'mi'oi, l'mi'avoi, l'mi'midanim, l'mi'siach, l'mi'pitsaim, hinam, l'mi'chachlilut, inayim, vegomer. What's the answer to that? Lam aharim alayayin. Who's that? Furthermore, la ba'im lahkurmimsah, kiatara bdimi amar, amrebema aravah, haikera ma mandedarish le merece le sefe midrish, umisefe le reshe midrish. It says that in as this rabbi, as Rav Dimi arrives from Eretz Yisrael, he said, I learned in Eretz Yisrael that there are two ways of interpreting these Pesukim. After all, there are two Pesukim, one after the other. One's asking the question, and one appears to be giving the answer. The first interpretation is, he says that they say in the West, in Eretz Yisrael, that someone who's doresh this Pasuk, this Kera, midesheh lesefeh, in the chronological order, starting with the question, who has the Oiva Avoy, and ending with the answer. What's, how do you read it? Down? who has all of these terrible things in their life the strife with others, the pain, the sorrow, the agony, the red eyes from crying and so forth. It's the person who is me'ahirim They're spending late nights. They're going out late and extending their time drinking wine. It's those who are ba'im They're searching for the fine wine, the one that has the proper smell. That's the first interpretation of the Pasuk. That's what we call meresheh You're reading it straight from beginning until end. However, he says, you can read this Pasuk, he said, I learned in Erez Yisrael, Rabdimi, Dimi, you can go backwards in interpreting this pasuk, how so? Well, you read it first and foremost as the person who is searching for wine, the person who is searching for the proper wine and spending time with that wine, what sort of person should be involved in that endeavor? The person who's already involved in a life in which there's strife and difficulty, and sorrow, and agony, and red eyes from crying, in other words, and this is very significant, not the same, it's the opposite. Wine can, if abused, cause all of these uh, these states, sorry states of life. Alternatively, if you find yourself in these sorry states of life, wine can periodically take you out of it. Which means to say not with an addiction, not with an inappropriate usage, but as we said earlier, the Gemara said that wine is there for Nihuma Avilim. In an appropriate way course not bringing them to a overjoyous circumstance the people who are, uh, are mourning but to look at a person who's mourning and to give them a little little glimpse of normalcy of, uh, of a life in which they're not in, in engrossed and enveloped in sorrow and agony so there is a usage for it of course if it's used wrongfully it turns into a circle of events what's that yes yeah, it can be used medicinally Correct. Listen, physical matters will never describe as kadosh, but we will use them as rehab. And it's appropriate in that context, if used rightfully. Again, but that's the statement throughout the Gemara. It's a stretch in terms of derashot, but the message, the in terms of pishat, there's no question. It's mereshel the Sefe. But the message, more than anything, the reason Rav Dimi, I'm convinced, comes from Eretz Yisrael. With this message, is it, was be, it would be be imbalanced if you gave me just one picture. It's Possible Shilom only wanted to give one, but we are interested in giving both. We're interested in stating that there's nothing in this world, if in if used appropriately, can and and or will not render something positive. That's the statement over here. Of course, you can get stuck in. loop of events. You started with the wine, you turned into the sorrowful person, and now you need the wine to get you out of it, which gets you back into it. So don't get stuck in that. But that's the statement here in the Gemara. It's a statement we've been seeing, and Eddie, that's what I was telling you beforehand. If you read the Gemara sensitively, we've been seeing it throughout. There's this balanced approach, not just that you can use it in an appropriate way. You can use it medicinally. You can use it in order to aid your life if done properly, like anything and almost everything. Says the Gemara uh, onward, Darish Ovar Galila, so one of the Emoraim, uh, less known, uh, had the following dirashah Yod Gimal, there are 13 vavain. There are 14, 13 st- statements in the context we'll read in a second of Noah where the pas- where the word starts with a vav yod. Now vav yod of course if we're to, uh, use, to speak that out loud it's vay. Vay is like oy vav oy it's something that's sorrowful. So you're going to have 13 words which begin with vav and yod in the context of Noah and in turn if we pay attention to the context we'll say it's a remez it's some sort of hint in the Torah look at how woeful. Look at how terrible this circumstance of Noah was. So pay attention to it, says the Gemara. What are they? There's thirteen which are ne'im rubeiyn. Oh wow! So it's not just Noah. It's Noah in the context of wine. When was Noah involved with wine? By Noah isha You see the vav yod in the first word over there. That's the first in your count. Va'itakarem, and he plants a vineyard. And so and what what's the first letters of va'itat? Vav and yod, of course. So you're, you're noticing at this point already, the derasha goes from each of these Vavyod will be thirteen of them. continues the Pasuk. Vayesht Minhayain Vaishgal Vayitgal Metoh Aholo. There's three more. Vayar hamavikenanet Vikenanit Elvata vi vayagedishne Habahut Vayika Shem Vaya va'yefet etasimla va'yasimu Al shechem shenehem Vayele Hua Horanit Vai Hasuet Elvata Avihe Avihem Ufnehem Achoranit V Elvata Vem Lora U Vaiikats If you count the amount of times you have Vav and Yod in this Pesukim the number is 14 it's not 13 The Gemara says 13. So one of them is, Vayefe. Tosafot points out, Vayefe is not part of the count, that's the name of a person, it's not one of our vayas. What's the point of this derasha? To make clear to you, look, when wine is wrongfully used, it brings forth sorrow. What's the context? What took place over here? This is after the mabul, this is the last episode in the life of Noah, Noah that the Torah tells us about. Noah disembarks the teba, he comes off and he plants a vineyard, says the Torah, plants a vineyard, and he drinks from the wine which he produces. There's an interesting commentary which we'll come back to in a few moments of Ibn Ezra to to the Torah. says if you read the Pesukim, he quotes this from the Derash. It's a Midrash. He says if you read the Pesukim, says Ibn Ezra, it appears as if this happened all at once. Says Ibn Ezra don't get caught up in a Midrash. That Midrash has a sod. Now when Ibn Ezra talks about sod, he doesn't mean Kabbalistic sod. He means it has some sort of alternative interpretation, but he says it's not the Peshat and Pesukim. Peshat and Pesukim is he planted the vineyard, he pruned it, he harvested it, and he brought forth wine over time. It's interesting that he already references a Midrash about this happening immediately. Of course, something that we can't even fathom, that you plant and you have wine within the same day. We'll return to that point in just a few moments, but for our purposes, this is the context of the end of the life of Noah. The end of the life of Noah is intoxication, exposure, we read in the Pesukim, he exposes himself, his son sees it, we'll discuss in just a moment moment in the eyes of the rabbis what his son does, and the pasuk just says he sees it, it doesn't say anything more than that, but from the reaction of Noah, Noah is very disturbed by this, he curses the grandchild who comes from that son, Kenaan, the son of Ham, so we understand there's something more than just sight, and the other two sons, the pasuk says, Shem and Yafet, Shem and Yafet, they cover him up. More than anything, we have a sorry ending to the life of Noah. It's along the lines of the Gemara. We've talked about, remember, uh, we've talked about Vayahel. What does Vayahel mean? We talked about it in a different context, just two Amudim ago, two Dapim ago, rather. And Vayahel comes up over here. Vayahel Noah isha Adama. Pesukim is Vayahel, he began. If you look at Rashi in his commentary to the Torah, Vayahel milashon Chol. He's beginning some sort of profane life. He had some sort of connected life. And here it is. He's drinking wine. He's, he has some sort of vision for wine. And as a result, it's 13 vavain. It's 13 vays, says the Gemara. Okay, says the Gemara. But what happened as he wakes up and he finds out that which, and that's really the better Diyuk asher Asalo lo hakatan. What his younger son did to him, sight is not an action. The pasuk just says, "Vayar ha-mavi kenan, ham it. So in the eyes of the rabbis, he did he did something. The pasuk says, "Noah finds out what he did. What did he do? Anything beyond?" Seeing is already a derasha, but there is a semech in the Peshat, and the Pasuk, that he sees asher asa, asa is an action, says the Gemara. There was perhaps, in the eyes of the rabbis, one of two actions that was committed. Ravu Shemuel, a machlok between the emoraim Rav and Shemuel. Hadamar Sireso, first opinion, uh, we don't know who said what. Hadamar, one says, Sireso, he castrated his father. That's ham uh, to his father, he sees his father exposed, he doesn't just leave it that way, he castrated. Frustrates him for some terrible reason. The other one says he uh, he has relations. He rapes him. Both terrible descriptions. Where they come up with it? Again, the pasuk describes an action. That's the beginning. But beyond that, how do you know that that's what they did? You have some sort of hint that you can point to in the pasuk. If you argue that it was a castration of Noah, which means to say Noah is no longer able to have children, so the derasha goes as follows: If you look at the children of Ham, Ham's fourth child is Canaan, and the pasuk never really tells us why Noah is so disturbed about Canaan. He curses Canaan. That's the fourth child of Arul Canaan. Why? Why What about the first three sons of Ham? So you might argue that the text, the Torah, is just not filling in the gaps. Canaan was involved somehow. Says, says the first opinion of yours, and maybe not. Maybe he was quote-unquote an innocent, but not fully innocent bystander. So why the fourth? Well, if you look at this as castration, it means Noah had three sons. His Ham, Stops him from being able to have a fourth son, we call that not able to have a fourth child, and as a result he turns to that child and he curses out his fourth child as well. So it's a fourth and fourth because my fourth was held up, I wasn't able to have a fourth child I'm going to curse your fourth. Uh, Important question. Says says Charlie, uh, why not curse Ham? What's with the children? So it's an interesting, what's that? No, that's the sons. Uh, uh, Tosafot quotes from a Midrash. I don't have simple answers to any of these questions, but I'll tell you, true as well. Tosafot quotes from a Midrash. If you look at the bottom Tosafot, again, in reality, there may have been, in Peshat, there may have been something fully different that's going, the Chachamim are trying to piece this together. They're very clear that making derashot. Tosafot, though, asked this question, Ham atzmo the bottom Tosafot. Why didn't he curse Ham himself? Mishum de'amar be Bereishit Rabba. Aside from a midrash, to be it lefi shekatav vaivarech Elohim et Noach veet Banav. Pasuk earlier in the parasha says that God blesses Noach and his sons. Ve'en be'makom We look at the beracha the blessing of God, and we say, we're not going to be able to retract that. It's for that reason, goes to the child. I'm going to have to go against the blessing of God there's a depth to this beyond just God bless them I can't curse them but that's the beginning of it in terms of Tosafot what about if it was Reva'o if the action was not a castrating but rather a, a rape where'd you come up with that I understand there was something committed perhaps it wasn't just seen Gamar he has a to learn Vayar Vayar he has a similarity in the word vayar in another context. It's not a full-fledged gizir HaShavah. We're not learning halachot, and uh, and and it doesn't appear to be the Torah it has many places where it says vayar. Alternatively, it is a full-fledged gizir HaShavah. He has a tradition to link up these two vayars. What's the two pesukim? Ketiv On the one hand, it says by ham vayar ham avi kenan et uchtivot hatam, and then it says later on in the context of dinah, that's the daughter of Ya. Jacob was raped by Shechem, Vayar Otah Shechem bin Hamon. Of course, the Torah says vayar. In many contexts, again, it's a derasha vayar and vayar. The same way vayar shechem, shechem sees Dinah, and then uh, he, he rapes her. So, so to over here, the 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 commitment of of sin of Ham is rape. Says so the Gemara. All right, let's just test this out a bit further. If you were to argue it was castrating, well, now I understand why the fourth child. Why not the first three? What was the fourth? We said, well, you, you halted, you caused that Noah can't have a fourth. You're cursed on your fourth. However, if you're the other opinion who argues that this was a rape, why the fourth? Nilteye, it means to curse in Aramaic. He should curse. Behidya directly, meaning first generation. As Tosa 4 points out, not ham per se, but first generation answers the Gemara. Ha, the, ha, Perhaps they're not fully disagreeing, even the opinion who says that it was a rape agrees as well, there was a castration connected to it, which means to say it was a rape plus Sirus plus castration as a result. That's why fourth generation is punished. All terrible thoughts and terrible things to describe. Okay, continues the Gemara over here. Vayachel Noach, Isha Adamah, Vayita karim. That's the pasuk we talked about. That's what began this whole terrible circumstance in the end of the life of Noah. Now the notice, noticing not just the word Vayachel, but notice as well, Isha Adama. Of course, it makes for a great derasha. You start the parasha with Noach, Ish. When you finish the parasha, he's not only not a, at least the description in the Torah, Ish sadik Tamim, but rather he's an Isha he's a man of the earth. Is a man of the earth positive or negative? Not fully clear, appears to be based on his actions negative. Furthermore, in the eyes of the Hachamim, we're linking him to the first. Human being who's crafted from directly Adam, as the Torah tells us in Perik Beit of Bereshit. Well, who's that? That's Adam Harishon. So, what's the connection between Noah and Adam Harishon? the Gemara, It's reconstructing what took place. God speaking to Noah. And again, it's picking up on the Isha Adama. That's the Derasha over here. The sensitivity to words, generally speaking, begins these Derashot. So God turns to Noah. נוח נוח לא היה לך ללמוד מאדם הראשון שלא גרם לו אלא <היעין> Shouldn't you have learned from Adam HaRishon? Don't you know what caused the downfall of Adam HaRishon? It was wine, wasn't it? Fascinating statement. The Gemara will now launch into a conversation of what was that tree? It's Hadda'a What was it after all? And clearly the assumption over here it was Yayin. In fact, in Pirkei Biliez, Pirkei is an early collection of Midrashim. It says over there, not only was this the uh, uh, the same commitment of uh, of sin from wine but it was the same, so to speak, the same plant. Noah took the plant from it, and he takes and he sticks it into the ground, the tree, whatever, vine, sticks it into the ground for his growth after the maples. a jarring image. It's not to be, in my mind, taken literally. It's conceptually, I think we understand it a bit. First and foremost, for the context of our Gemara. The Gemara says, Noah just repeats where his forefather began. It's a continuation of the same thing, of wine for our purposes, bringing us askew. But think for a moment about what life before banishment from the Gan was and what life for Noah is about. This is a longer conversation, both philosophically and textually in the Torah. But that life in the Gan before banishment is really a life in which it's all product-based. There's no destination. There's no journey. What are Adam and Havad to do? they're challenged, their journey is not really existent. They don't have the challenges of human being. Tov and ra, the human being challenges of our lust, our desire, our emotions, our involvement with the world, external to us, that's all after banishment from the gun. As a result, in the gun, life is a lot more static. It might be more pristine and more divine, but it's a lot more static to the extent that Along these lines, the Gemara Sir Shabbat and Def again, in, in Bamza is explicitly, not to be taken literally, but it's a description of Yomot HaMashiach, which we envision, which the rabbis envisioned, as similar to a return to the Gan. Over there it says you'll go out into your garden, and instead of cutting and harvesting wheat, you'll cut and harvest bread. Uh, bread will be there, as the Gemara and Daflamit. Along those lines, at the end of the first Patek of, Ma- at the end of, uh, what was it, Daflamit Heth is the end of the, no, not the first Patek, Daflamit Heth, at the end of what's it? the fourth Patek in Masekhet Sanhedrin, the Gemara describes how, again, not to be taken too literally, but to be understood what they mean, Adam and Hava went in, Erev Shabbat, into the bed, and they came out, they went in two, man and woman, they come out, and there are four children, which means to say it's immediate, it's, there's no process, Process. Process is Oh, you should know you're going to have a difficult childbirth, you should know the ground is going to be difficult to work, that's the aruz that Adam and Hava get afterwards, your relationship is going to be difficult, the ground is gone, you're going to have all sorts of difficulties, that's called process, that's what happens as a result of eating from etsadat that's what happens in life as we know it, disembarks the Teba, comes into a world which is desolate, can you imagine together with me for a moment the vision of Noah, if we're to now take it a step further and say he takes, say the rabbis, the same vine of Adam HaRishon, what's he searching for? He's searching for perhaps an escape from that human involvement. He doesn't want that life of Tov and Ra any longer. He wants to return to the Gan, that's where he wants to be. He wants to be eating comfortably from this tree without any of those issues. To the extent that, to the extent that it makes sense then, we're about to read that the tree that he's eating from is a wine tree there's no such thing as a wine tree but it's a product based circumstance the eyes of the rabbis and furthermore think about how Adam and, and Hava begin Adam and Hava begin in what sort of context they were naked the consequence of eating from the tree gives them clothing. Why do they want clothing? Process, by definition. When there's clothing on us, it's a process. I can only get intimate with a person and understand who they are physically, internally, through process. I don't know who they are immediately. They're veiling themselves. They're covering themselves. That's the story of Noah. It's an inappropriate return. It's a return in which he says, I'm going to zip back in and avoid all of humanity in a world of this sort. That is the redoing of Adam HaRishon, trying to bring himself back in, ironically with the opposite spin, whereas Adam's seeking to take himself out, Noah's trying to push himself back in. Anyways, as the Gemara, you should see it's wine which causes it. One last thought on wine in this context and the balanced thought that we were talking about earlier. This is the last thought on it for our purposes today. And in this sugiah, it goes as follows. We've been talking about this balanced approach to, to wine. The Gemara throughout, all these derashot have been balancing us, to, even to the derasha today. The derasha today was read the pasuk backwards or forward in Mishleh. Is it that wine can be a remedy or is it that wine is the cause for the fall and sorrow and agony. How do you make sense of it in this context? Noah and Damarishon are taken down the Gemara saying from wine. Oh, however, let me remind you, the Gemara Masech Pesachim Adav Kofchet is Doresh, Zachor Yom HaShabbat, Bekadesho, Zochreu Al Hayayin. The way you sanctify, you mention the sanctity of Shabbat, in the eyes of the rabbis, is with wine. Tosafot cites Pesukim, Nazkira Dodecha Miyayin. The Gemara never has that. In the eyes of the rabbis, wine is, which is every wedding you go to, we use wine under the chuppah, we use wine at significant events, Shouldn't we be embarrassed by using wine? Wine is the source of sin. The Gemara says of the primal sin, of the second or third sin of Vinah. Wine, how terrible! I'll mention in this context just very briefly the thought of Zohar, and I think it really, uh, I think it really pulls it all together. In the eyes of Zohar, of many of the Jewish mystics, the prohibition of eating from Eitz Hadat. If you read the Pesukim, it might be a derasha, but if you read the Pesukim. The suggestion is you can't just eat from Eitz Hadat in a vacuum. You can't just eat from that. If you're eating from Eitz Hadat together with etzah hayim, that's what's appropriate. If you're just eating from etzah dat, that's the wrongful approach. What does that mean for us? It means the following. If I live life in the real world, if I'm involved with human beings, if I am that etzadda'a tovara, all right, engage with it, but have your etzah hayim, which provides the structure. Have that Torah, the truthful direction, not the tov and the hayim, the emet and sheikah perspective, which helps structure you appropriately. The sin, then, quote unquote, the wrongful act that we envision is that they just ate from the etzadda'a tovara instead of engaging as well in a Hayim. That's a description in our context as well. So Adam HaRishon and Noah, the vision is their wrongful act is they get involved in the lustful, desirous side of Gluttony and drinking and involvement in this world—they don't structure it appropriately. Structured appropriately—that's the ideal. The ideal is e- eating from both, in the eyes of the mechubarim. That's in my mind the message throughout this gemara. That's if you listen to that class I sent in the uh, chat yesterday, "Grapes of Wrath." I talked about this in the context of uh, uh, Benai uh, Aharon as well, Nadav and Abihu. It's that gemara. Lastly, that uh, Charles—we uh, brought up in the context of conversation with Charles yesterday in my. That quote-unquote, the wrong act of the nazir is, What do you mean? I thought, wine is evil. Wine is not evil. Wine is only evil if you use it and treat it evilly. It's very, very dangerous, quote-unquote. Many of the most important things in life are, sanctity of marriage is very dangerous. Relationships, by definition, are dangerous. You engage in them if you are careful, if you have your eyes uh, glued on your goal, your objective. And you're doing it with a certain appropriate sense of sensitivity. That's what's taking place in my mind over here. It says the Gemara again: Amar b'zakai, Amar lehakadosh baruch hu leNoach ki v'yachol. God says to Noach: Noach lo le lechal lemon me Adam harishon shelogaram lo elayin. Says the Gemara: Kemande Amar. This follows the opinion that otor ilan she'achal mimenu Adam harishon kefen haya. It was a uh, grapevine again, but he got drunk from it. Of course, that's appropriate for Gan Eden in the eyes of the Hachamim. Gan Eden is not process, but outcome. So he pulled it off and it was wine. Boom, just like that. Again, in my mind, not to be taken literally per se, but to be taken for the fundamental reasoning. What are we describing? What was it and what is it? How do you know to be meir? You don't have a proof empirically, but you do have a dirasha. You have some sort of logic. What brings crying and screaming to human beings more than... Wine, says Rabbi Me'ir. Wine, well, I guess W-H-I. Certainly, it causes you to whine. But over here we're referring to wine bringing forth quarrels, fights, sorrow, agony, wasting money, wasting time, oversleeping, and so forth. All that sort of erratic, wrongful activity comes from wine, says Rabbi Me'ir. Rabi Uda'omer. Wine, by the way, the paradigm. Wine extends to anything and everything else. Inappropriate that we engage in. That brings us to Yilala, of course. Rabbi Uda'omer, hitaha alternatively says no it wasn't a grapevine it was rather a stalk of wheat talk of wheat. That's right, he says you should know that babies don't begin a, a, a thoughtful expression of speech until they're able to, around the stage of, you know, put solids of bread into their mouth. What does it have to do with anything? Explains Rashi, well, they ate from etz hadat tovara. Daat means thoughtful expression of, of my feelings, my emotions, my cognizance of this world. Well, it stands to reason then that the first stage, quote unquote, of maturity, Quote, unquote, for Adam and Hava was eating from the food of the beginning of maturity. And in turn, they have that sort of thought from et Hadat. I'll remind you as well, taking a stalk of wheat is not the same thing as eating a loaf of bread. I think it's the rabbis again envisioning and hinting to you, yeah, it was a bread tree. Mean, a bread tree, that's right, that was, that's what Eden was in their eyes in our eyes from a philosophical perspective. Rabbi Necham lastly, last opinion as to what that tree was. Again, each of these opinions beyond, really beyond speaking about the physical tree, uh, they all have meaning connected to them in a very real way. There's another opinion in the Midrash that says it was an Etrog tree. Every Sukkot, we talk about that opinion and its symbolism, which, by the way, is one and the same with regards to our process and outcome direction, the Gemara Masechet Sukkah. And that, Lamed something, maybe Lamed Dalit uh, describes how, maybe a little bit of Lamed Gimah describes how Etrog, according to the Chachamim, is Et Shetam Etzo Perioshavim. That the, if you take a citron branch, it has a certain taste which is similar to the etrog itself. Of course, that's process and outcome all in one. It's not just that the outcome, the fruit has a taste. It's that the process, it's that the tree also has a taste. That's eden, is it not? Where you can't separate between process and outcome. There is no process. The tree, I'll take a bite out of the tree. The tree is just as delicious and the same as the outcome. But anyway, each one of them has their own internal explanation and musar to them. Rabbini, hamyaumer, te'inahaya. You should know it was a fig tree. Fig tree, really? That's not the way I envision it. Notice, lastly, how none of the opinions, neither here nor in the Midrash, suggest that it was. An apple, so dispense of the apple business. As far as I know, it's a Christian notion. So let's just bring it back to one of these opinions, or it's just a tree. Anyway, I, I get angry anytime anyone says apple. Apple, I don't know where we got the apple from. Adam and Eve and the apple. Anyway, or kilkilu rather bo nitkenu. The same way that they sinned with a fig tree, so too they fixed themselves. How so? The pasuk says as their eyes are opened and they realize their nakedness. They take aleteena. They take a leaf or leaves from a fig tree, and they uh, and they craft for themselves uh, underwear, a uh, loincloth. Uh, so that's that's what they they bring forth. So the, the the fact that the Torah tells us about it being an aleteena, it stands to reason, says Rabbi hamia that their sin was what engaged them and brought them to that state of being. Rashi quotes a midrash in which he suggests the explanation of years. This was the act of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Hakadosh Baruch Hu who brings them down or they bring themselves down and then he performs a miracle, he quotes a Midrash which compares the destruction of the Mikdash with fire to the recreation with fire it says it's a miracle of God that they then fix it. it says Tosafot what's the miracle over here that they went to the leaves and they crafted for themselves loin cloth and said so that's not a miracle per se so Tosafot instead they quote from a different Midrash in which they liken it to a, 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 a prince who has relations with one of the shifahot one of the maidservants in the palace the king k- kicks out uh, his son and you have, no, uh, you have no place amongst us look at your terrible act and the son then is looking for someone to befriend them. So he goes to each of the homes, each of the lodgings of the shifahot, each one of them turn him away. What do we want anything to do with you? Your father's not interested with you. Uh, And until he comes to that same shifah with whom he committed uh, an affair, he had relations, that one invites him in, of course. That's the only one who has a soft place for him. Says to zafot. That's what happens to Adam and Chava. Again, need not understand this in the physical, literal sense, but understand it conceptually. They go to each one of the trees. Each one of the trees say, get away from us. We're not interested and you, you want out of here, what do we want involvement with you? Until the same one that they sinned with, that's the soft place. What's the vision? What's the description? In my mind, there's a Musa with regards to, you know, it's it's reminiscent of, of that to truly fix where you went wrong is to use that sin to bring you onto the direct path. So it means... I'm going to now use a different vantage point to fix all that I messed up. I uh, messed with this person. I stole so much money, I'm going to go from the back channel in order to remedy that. I sinned in the context of Shabbat. Let me just strengthen myself in tefillah or something like that. Deal with the issue. Deal with the person directly and look to remedy it in that context. Use the same, with which you were Mikalkel. Don't just see this as a understand it as a message with regards to how do you set out to change. You set out to change by looking and staring down your pitfall, your downfall, in the eyes and seeking to redirect it, to reappropriate it. it says the Gemara onward. We'll just begin this Midrash. The Midrash is, uh, the Midrash really, uh, Rashi Masehe Kitubot references it. There's a Midrash, it's in Pisukta, it's in Midrash Rabbath, where the Midrash has how, um, well, the, the Pesukim here that we'll be reading from are in Mishleb words in Mishle are a rebuke of a mother to Limuel. Who's Limuel In the eyes of the Chachamim stands to reason. He wrote the book. It's Mishlei Shilomo. It's none other than Shilomo. Says Rashi in our Gemara. It's a, it's a compound word. It's Lamo He was for God. Alternatively, we'll read in the Gemara a different interpretation, which Yad Ramah teases out from our Gemara. Anyway, there was a rebuke from his mother. And in the context of this rebuke from his mother, who was the mother of Shilomo, of course, Bat Sheba, uh, there's a mention of the wrongfulness and the and and the way that wine skews your thought and messes you up in life, and in turn the midrash that that's the background for what we'll read in the Gemara tomorrow goes as follows: that on the day of the consecration of the Beit Hamikdash, Biyom Hanukat Beit Hamikdash, Shilomo has a double simcha. Not only does he consecrate the mikdash or hope to do so, he also gets married to Batya, the daughter of Paro, and they throw a party and uh, they have a great time. The Night before, with all sorts of music and instruments, and plenty of wine. And as a result of the wine and the partying, Shalom sleeps late the next day. He has the keys to the mikdash under his pillow or with him in his possession. Nobody has the audacity to wake up the king. And as a result, they're waiting around awkwardly and idly for the hakravata korbanot on the first day of Shalom HaMedek of the first beta mikdash. What's that? According to the midrash, there's one set of keys. I mean, listen, it's not so far-fetched. If he's gonna, you know, when you well, there's only one one ribbon and one one uh, uh, scissors for the initial opening. So, and moreover, even if it's. Even if we have a Masoret on this story, it's also not so far-fetched because there may have been another pair of keys, but you're not gonna do it without the king. And of course, that's the reference, the Gemara says elsewhere, of there being a Hakrava up until four hours in the day. It was on the day of the Hanukkah Beta ironically, that Shilomo sleeps late. His mother, in turn, will read this Pesukim in Mishlei in the eyes of the Hakamim. It's in that context she comes and she rebukes him. Seriously, you? the one I invested in, the one I worked for, the one I prayed for, I vowed in order to make you the person that you are, of wisdom, of I'm you, you're walking in such a fashion, such a way, you drank to the extent that you can't wake up for your responsibilities. We'll pick up with that tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Amen, ba-amen.